0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner and we are waiting for you. The we is me and Maxine Miasnikov and Denise Renner. Welcome guys to Home Group.
1: Thank you, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. We are having so much fun with you doing these home groups. Are you learning a lot? I'm learning a lot, I'm enjoying it.
0: And you guys look so nice, and I just have to make a confession. The weather turned kind of cold in Moscow, and I have several of these shirts, and I wear them over and over when it gets cold. So if I look like I'm in the same thing every day, I have a couple of these. But Denise, you look so pretty tonight.
1: Thank you, Rick, and this is warm. Good. Yeah. It's,
0: it's right. really bright and pretty.
1: I, I really like this color. And
0: Maxime, you look so sharp tonight. Well, thank you. You gave me this shirt. I did. I don't even remember that. It came well, I'm from you. glad you. I gave it to you. Well, hey, we're glad you're with us tonight, and Jesus is with us tonight. Oh, Jesus, we welcome you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us tonight. You know, Denise, when I preach, I mentally always say, The Lord is here, and that always affects how I preach. And I usually choose in the audience an empty seat. And I say, okay, I'm going to imagine Jesus is sitting right there because Jesus really does show up in church. We know that from Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 where the Bible says that Jesus knew everything about those seven churches. But no usher ever shook his hand. No one ever saw him walk through the door. But he had been in those churches. He knew the pastors by name. He knew the church members by name. He even knew that in Thyatira, The pastor's wife was a Jezebel. That is what it says. And tonight we're going to be talking about Jezebel in the Old Testament. But the whole series deals with Eve, Noah's wife, who is the nameless woman who changed history. Sarah, the griper, the God turned into a princess. Tonight we're going to look at Jezebel. Then Bathsheba, tomorrow night Monday, we're going to be looking at Esther. Next Tuesday, Mary. Then Wednesday, Mary Magdalene. Thursday, Mary, the mother of John Mark. And next Friday, we're going to be looking at Priscilla. This is such a rich series.
1: Isn't it, Denise? Oh, it's so rich. And there's a lot to learn.
0: And it's not just for women. There's a lot to learn for men or for anybody who really wants to become powerful. And it comes with a whole series. Free download study guide which you can get right now by going to renner.org. You can just get it online. Please, please, please get it. It's enormous and it is filled with everything which we're sharing in these home groups. You will just devour it. And right now we're also offering you the book, which is called All the Women of the Bible. Everything You Wanted to Know profiles more than 400 women in the Bible. And I tell you every day, that if you're ever reading your Bible and you think, who is this woman? Why is she mentioned? Where is she from? Who is she? What did she do? This book will tell you. And it's a book that you will go to again and again and again and again. It's really a study reference and we want you to have it. So we're recommending it. Denise.
1: And ladies, I want to recommend my book to you Who Stole Cinderella because have testimony after testimony of women's lives that have been changed and even divorces that have been stopped. You might say, Well, what, why is it called Who Stole Cinderella? Well, you maybe this didn't happen to you, it sure did happen to me. I watched Cinderella, the fairy tale, so many times when I was a young girl, I just envisioned myself like Cinderella, and someday. I was going to marry Prince Charming and I would be the princess. And so I married Prince Charming and I guess he got a princess. But life comes along and does challenge Cinderella and Prince Charming. And uh, this is really what this book is about. I'm very candid in this book about my own mistakes and faults and how the word of God can equip us to be very, very powerful women, not to tear down our homes, but to build our homes up.
0: And Denise, that book is good for men too. I I read that book four times. Any man would benefit from reading that book.
1: Yes. And women, I just want to say, you have within you the equipment to build up your home and this will encourage you.
0: Well, tonight, reach for your Bible. And tonight we're going to be talking about the next powerful women. But it would be not right if we didn't talk about a powerful woman that was not a good woman. Because there's all kinds of power. And so tonight we're going to look at a woman who is powerful in a bad way. We're going to be looking at Jezebel. And I've said in previous programs that I've never met a baby whom a parent called Jezebel. Have you, Denise? Never. What would you do if you walked up to a little baby and said to the parents, oh, what is her name? And they said, Jezebel? (laughs) I would laugh my head off. I'm really afraid I would start laughing. Who in the world, I would think, what is wrong with these barons (laughs) that they named their daughter Jezebel? That is just a legendary, notorious name. And there was a woman in the church of Thyatira, she's written of in Revelation chapter 2, and Jesus calls her Jezebel. That wasn't her real name, but she was a Jezebel. And when you read it in the Greek text, it says, I have something against you because of that woman Jezebel. That's what the King James Version says. The Greek actually says, the wife of yours. It was the pastor's wife, which meant he was an Ahab. You know, if there's a Jezebel, there's got to be an Ahab. There's a whole story there. And by the way, you ought to order my whole series called Christ's Message to Thyatira. You'll learn all about not only Jezebel, but also all about Ahab it's amazing what happens when an Ahab and Jezebel get together. I've known a couple of them in my life. Ay, ay, yay. But tonight we're going to be looking at Jezebel. So reach for your Bible and we're going to return to our subject. What do we know about Jezebel? I call Jezebel the epitome of an evil woman. She was a no-ordinary woman. In fact, Jezebel was beautiful she is whom we would probably call a striking woman. One of those women that walk in and everybody just stops and says, that woman is striking. She captured everybody's attention. And in fact, she was so captivating that Ahab decided to marry her. And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 16:31, and he took to wife Jezebel and went and served Baal and Worshipped him. Well, in First and Second Kings, we're told that Jezebel came from Phoenicia. Her marriage to Ahab was a politically arranged marriage, which was intended to unify the peoples of Israel with the peoples of Phoenicia. But when Jezebel came to Israel, she brought with her her god, which was Melkart, who was a form of Baal. Now, I have to tell you the truth. I was going to buy something for my personal collection of biblical artifacts. I found a real chalice from this very period, and the chalice was made of bronze, and the bottom part of the chalice that the stem that held up the chalice was Baal. And Baal's arms were holding the chalice, and this was a little artifact which was to be used in the worship of Baal. And I looked at that and I thought, I don't want that in our property. I don't want that anywhere near us. Even to this day, that is how bad Baal was. But you know why I wanted it? Because it is so rare to find a statue of Baal. You know why it's rare to find a statue of Baal? Because God commanded that every statue of Baal be destroyed. So there aren't very many of them. God said, eradicate it, liquidate it, get rid of it. This was a bad, bad, bad religion, and it's still so bad I didn't even want an ancient artifact of Baal in our property. This was just bad. And I wish I could get into it with you, but it is so sickening if I tell you about the worship of Baal and all the sexual grossness attracted to it that it would offend you if I told you. And when she married Ahab, she brought it from Phoenicia into the lands of Israel and she promoted it. And she was such a wicked woman that we're told in Second Kings 9, verse 22 and 30, that she was filled with whoredoms and witchcrafts, whoredoms and witchcrafts. And in First Kings 18, verse 4, it says, Her wrath was so great against the prophets of God that many prophets of God hid from her. They hid from this woman. That's a powerful woman. And at 1 Kings 19:2, she even threatened the life of Elijah and claimed that her voice was equal in authority to the voice of Elijah. This was really a manipulative woman. She was devious. She was manipulative and she controlled the people like puppets including the whole land of Israel, indirectly, indirectly through her husband's throne. She didn't sit on the throne, but she worked him like a puppet and worked through him and manipulated through him the entire land of Israel. And when you read 1 Kings twenty-one twenty-five, listen to what it says. But there was none like unto Ahab. He was a bad number all by himself who did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, but listen to the end of the verse, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. It shows the power of a wife. She really promoted wickedness through him. She just pushed him in that direction. Day in and day out, <clears throat> this wicked woman incited and manipulated her husband to do what she wanted him to do. That was the character of Jezebel, which is why I call her the epitome of an evil woman, or the epitome of a manipulator. She was a manipulator. I'll give you an example. And Denise, you and know, I have talked about this many times. Once Ahab, who was just a grown-up brat on the throne, wanted to purchase his neighbor's vineyard. His neighbor's name was Naboth. Naboth rejected the offer because it was his family property, and Jezebel acted like a brat, a spoiled child, went home, cried, got depressed, went to bed. And we're told in 1 Kings 21, 1-4 that Ahab was so depressed that like a spoiled child, he went home, refused to eat, just laid in his bed. And when Jezebel saw Ahab sulking and sad and learned what had happened, she concocted a scheme. She was a manipulator to get him. What he wanted and she began writing letters in Ahab's name. He didn't even know about it. She just began writing letters in Ahab's name and manipulated two people to falsely accuse their neighbor Neboeth of things that he never did and he never said and because of this fabricated crime she then ordered that he be stoned to death. And we're told in 1 Kings 21, 5-15 that once Neboeth was dead, Jezebel came to her husband who was sulking and laying in bed and said, Get up! I got it for you. I got you that land. But she killed somebody to do it. This was a bad woman. In fact, she was so evil that Elijah eventually prophesied not only would her blood be licked up by dogs but her body would be eaten by them." This is a bad woman, Denise. This proud, strong-minded woman carried out foul schemes. She was influential. She was persuasive, but it was wrongly directed. There's nothing wrong with being a strong woman. We need strong women. But when you're strong, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, it has to be directed by the Lord or it results in a bad way. And this was a woman with no touch of God on her life, but she was a strong woman out of control. Her manipulations destroyed her husband, destroyed her own sons, and she polluted an entire nation. And her death was dreadful. It was just like Elijah had prophesied. Listen to this, Second Kings nine ten the Bible prophesied, and the dog shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel and there shall be none of her to bury. Nothing left of her to bury, nothing of her to honor, just disappeared, gone. Not even a grave. After her husband Ahab had been killed, Jehu was anointed to be king in the place of Ahab. And Jezebel was very angry about that and was doing her very best to manipulate control out of the hands of Jehu back into her own hands through her son Joram. Notice again, she's working through people. She can't be king, she can't be queen, so she's working through her son trying to get her authority back. And the Bible tells us in 2 Kings 9.30, And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. Look at the defiance of this woman. And she painted her face and tried her head, tired her head. That's what it says. I'll explain that in a moment. And looked out at a woman, at, at, at a window. Rather than humble herself and apologize and save her life and submit herself to God, she defiantly painted her face. This is a picture of somebody so arrogant, standing up to everybody, defying everybody, she fainted her painted her face in pride and looked down on Jehu. She despised him as he came riding into town. And in second Kings nine, twenty two to twenty seven it says, And he that's Jehu said, Throw her down. <laughs> Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trode her underfoot. Honey, he trampled her. He trampled her with all that paint on her face, her body being trampled. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go, see now this cursed woman. That's how she was remembered and bury her for she's a king's daughter. He was really having respect to her, even though she was a wicked, cursed woman. He said, she's a king's daughter. At least we need to give her a good burial. And they went to bury her. But they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. And in a moment, Elijah's prophecy about her was fulfilled. And in 2 Kings nine thirty-six and 37, it says, Wherefore they came again and told him, they told Jehu, And he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel. So they shall not say, This is Jezebel. In other words, there was no monument, there was no grave where they could say, This is Jezebel's grave. There was never a grave for Jezebel. She was eaten by dogs who then went to the bathroom.
1: That's what it says.
0: And she just became dung on the field. She was devoured by dogs. And when the dogs were all done, all that was left was their defecation to, to fertilize a nearby field. But for me, this brings up a very interesting question. Why wouldn't the dogs eat her head, her feet, and the palms of her hands? Palms of the hands and the feet also have meat and fat on them. They could have eaten the skull. Why didn't they eat the feet, the hands, or her head? Denise, when you've read that story, have you ever wondered why?
1: Yeah, I have.
0: Have you ever wondered why, Maxine?
1: Uh, That's interesting. I
0: never thought of it. Well, let me help you find the answer. Proverbs 6 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Now, do we all agree, hate's a strong word? Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Abomination means disgusting, repulsive, off the charts. This is just repulsive, off the charts to God, repulsive. Here they are, a proud look. Where's a proud look? It's in your head. It's in your eyes. She defiantly painted her eyes. Her whole countenance in her face was arrogance. A lying tongue. Where's the tongue? It's in the head. And hands that shed innocent blood. Her hands had shed innocent blood. Wait a minute. Look at verse 18. The end of the verse says, Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Her feet were running to mischief her whole life. Jezebel had committed all seven of these abominations. She was so full of pride, eyes even painted with pride, that the dogs didn't want to eat her head. Even the dogs found her head to be disgusting. The dogs didn't eat her hands because her hands had shed so much blood the dogs didn't want to taste her hands. The dogs wouldn't eat her feet because her feet were constantly running to mischief. Jezebel had, are you ready? A proud look. Jezebel had a lying tongue. Jezebel had hands that shed innocent blood. She had a heart that devised wicked imagination. She had feet that were swift and running to mischief. She had a mouth that bore false witness and spoke lies. She had a reputation for sowing discord among people. Or we could say she was arrogant. She was a lying woman. She hurt people with her words and actions. You ever known a woman like this? They are rememberable. She connived and manipulated to get her way. She interfered in other people's business. She was given to mischief. She was a source of strife and making up stories. That's how the Bible described her. She lied. She connived. She manipulated. She destroyed her own husband. She destroyed her children. She tore down her own house and tore down the whole nation with her own hands, her own hands. Proverbs 14:1 says, "Every wise woman builds up her house, but the foolish woman plucks it down." Now we're talking about Jezebel in the context of her home, her children and the nation, but you don't have to be married to be a Jezebel. And by the way, there are some men that have a Jezebel spirit as well. They're manipulators. They're connivers. They work people like puppets. It can apply to a woman in a marriage. A Jezebel can be in a family. There can be a Jezebel in a nation. There can be a Jezebel in the church. There can be a Jezebel in the workplace. A Jezebel can be anywhere. Of course, men can do the same thing. They really can. But this series is not about men. We're going to get to men later. This series is about women. Now listen, women are powerful. Denise, women are powerful. You're powerful. You're so powerful that you can either help me or you can stop me. Women are powerful. Godly women build up. Ungodly women tear down. And there's nothing wrong with being a strong woman. But if you are a strong woman or if you're a strong man, it has to be submitted to the Spirit of God. It has to be submitted to the Spirit of God. And Denise, I was thinking about Jezebel. Here she was, a striking woman, the daughter of a king, talented, persuasive, obviously. What if she had changed her heart and submitted all of those gifts to God? Think what a blessing Jezebel would have been, and today everybody would be naming their babies, well
1: <laughs> She had an opportunity. She really did. But instead of bringing people to God, she was taking people away from God. I think that's one of the worst things that she did.
0: And we all have that opportunity. We have to choose what we are. And that's why I want to end with Romans 6.13. Listen to this verse. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Do you know that word instruments is used twice in that verse? And do you know in Greek, both places, it's the word weapon? Which means every one of us are weapons. I'm a weapon, you're a weapon, you're a weapon, you're a weapon. We're all weapons. And what kind of weapon you are depends on who's controlling you. If you've never yielded yourself to God, then you probably are a weapon of unrighteousness. It's bad. That means you're going to kill. But if you yield yourselves to God, you become a weapon of righteousness, which can heal. It can bring peace. It can drive out the enemy. What kind of weapon we are depends on what's happened inside us. This has been good, but tomorrow night, we're gonna talk about an adulteress that God worked inside of, and God turned her into a godly woman. Go to bed, we'll see you tomorrow Hmm. night, bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.